Two Perspectives on Coronavirus. I'm Bob Cutmore, and this is Talk of the Town on Magic 590, also heard on 100.5. Plus, we're carried on two stations in the North Country, 1410 and 96.9. In a few minutes, we'll hear from Reverend Sarah Barron, pastor of First United Methodist Church in downtown Schenectady. Joining us now is Albany County Executive Dan McCoy. Dan McCoy became county executive in 2012. Is coronavirus the biggest threat that you faced since becoming county executive? You know, it's an epidemic. And, uh, you know, we can talk about other viruses that were in the past. This is a new one. And this is one is affecting everyone because, obviously, there's no uh, cure for it right now. So uh, it, it is a bigger issue. And, um, yeah, it is because, you know, you, like, the way life is right now has changed for all of us with all the shutdowns, the mandatory quarantines, uh, the, you know, the separation, six feet separation, reminding people to wash their hands, you know, cough into their arm, uh, don't touch your eyes and face, you know, that type of stuff. And uh, being ready, you know, having enough food supply to hunker inside, and, and so this is this is differently. This is definitely uh, one of the most you know challenging things in uh, nine years of me being county executive. And I'm also president of County Executives of America. So one of the things I've been talking with my county executives across this great country of ours, how they're handling it, how they're responding to it, how we can help each other out. Um, it doesn't matter what party you are. It doesn't matter what affiliation you are. We're all working together. And, you know, this is about coming up and being leaders. i got to remind people, uh, you know, sometimes you got to take a step back, take a deep breath, um, evaluate the situation, go for a walk, clear your air, your, you know, your head, and uh, come back. And this is going to be here. And this is something mm-hmm. that uh, us as Albany County residents and the good New Yorkers that we are, this is the new norm, and it's going to be the new norm for, for a couple months. Now, as you just said, schools have closed, public gatherings like the St. Patrick's Parade canceled, restaurants and bars are closed, gymnasiums, public worship services have been called out. What do you say to people who think that we're going overboard? You know, that, you know that's the same thing. That's why at our last press conference last week, uh, Dr. Whalen and I uh, brought up, look what's going on in, in Europe, look what in Germany, uh, look at China, look at South Korea, um, look at Japan, you know, uh, you know everything, India, Iran, why, you know, but most importantly, look what's going on in Italy, and we're like 10 to 12 days behind them, and people are put, posting videos on YouTube, we didn't take it serious, we didn't think this was happening, we thought this was all made up, we didn't think we were going to get sick, and they're, they're on complete shutdown. You look at San Francisco last week, shut down. New York City shutting down. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to see this. This going to be the new norm, uh, and we got to be prepared. And people that have been more prepared than your neighbors who didn't take it serious, you know, share your supplies with them. Be it toilet paper, mm-hmm. disinfected. Um, don't contact with them. Just slide it down the hallway if you're in an apartment complex, or drop it on your neighbor's porch. And most importantly, Bob. If anyone has senior friends that are out there and they know seniors out there living alone uh, in your neighborhood, take care of them. Check on them. You know, you don't have to go in their house. You can just knock on their window and talk to them through the window, get their numbers, call them up. Let's be the great people that we are. And that's the one thing I like about Albany County in New York. Every time we get hit with something, we bounce back. But more importantly, we're stronger together than we are if we're divided. You've always been uh, such an optimistic person, it seems to me, and the little I've come to 
know you or hearing you in the in the media, but this is not such an optimistic uh, story. What what advice do you have to keep people's spirits up at this time? You know, this self-resolves in most cases. Yeah, there's no vaccine yet. They're working on it. We should have one. But people got to remember, you know, and and listen, I'm not a doctor, so I'll I'll break it down. Uh, 20% of kids won't even know they have it. 20% of the population not even know they had it. They had it. It's gone. Now now they got an immune system against it. The other 20%, if you look at, you know, they're trying to link up what happened with the flu season. You know, it was the worst flu season we've had on record. The vaccine didn't work. So one of the things they're looking at, okay, was it the flu or was this part of the flu with corona? You know, so then people got bounced back. This really affects 20% of our population, unfortunately, and it's, it's our seniors over 60 or people that are younger that have health issues like, you know, uh, respiratory, heart, um, diabetes, things like that. So, you know, it's, it's one of them things that, uh, you know, we have to work on to go forward. But, um, you know, listen, we're going to get through this, and, and you've got to look at the, at the end of the tunnel. This is a marathon, Bob. This isn't a sprint. This ain't going to resolve in the next four days. This isn't going to resolve in a month. It's going to be a while. I'm saying to your listeners, you know, look at Stay Calm. We're establishing mental health hotlines. People could call up because, you know, people get a little stir-crazy when you get home. You can only play so many board games. Families with kids, the kids are going to drive the parents crazy. They're going to want to get outside and be kids and play. They're not going to understand. These, it's going to be the new norm for a while. And, and if you don't address mm-hmm. this, that situation, uh, it's not going to work. And most importantly, me as a leader, the best thing I can do is stay calm, lead, uh, and, and let people know that, there, look, we're, we're going to hit that peak, and then we're going to go down that peak. It's like going skiing. We're going up on the lift right now, the chairlift, and then we're going to be skiing down at the end of the day. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to get through it. We're New Yorkers. We get through everything, Bob. Well, I'm not trying to be cute, but I appreciate uh, your talking to me because, of course, I'm a senior citizen. I'm 74, and yep. uh, it's it's good to have this opportunity to, to talk to you about issues, as, as you say, as opposed to uh, listening to radio, watching TV, and so forth. How uh, You mentioned your, the health uh, commissioner, if that's the correct term, in Albany County, Dr. Elizabeth Whalen. You've been working quite closely with uh, with her um, I, I hate to a- ask a question that has to do with the amount of um, people w- with the coronavirus in uh, Albany County, because we're recording Wednesday and a lot will change by Sunday. But I gather that one thing that happened is your first case was in Gilderland, but then they, they seem to be going all around the county. Yeah, I, you know, Bob, one thing we, we, we're mapping and in, in, in tracking, meaning that anyone that this person comes up positive with, had contact with and who they had contact with. And at first it was all in Gilliland. And, you know, we thought that was going to be the hot spot. Uh, but all of a sudden things started popping up around the county and none of them interacted. So then we, you know, then you shortly, you know, looking at the statistics that basically with all the statistics that this wasn't, you know, this wasn't a Gilliland thing. This is people were being exposed that didn't travel. People were being exposed that didn't leave the country, didn't leave the county. Um, so it showed us that it was here. We just didn't, you know, with the aggressive testing that the Governor Cuomo's doing, and I commend the Governor for his leadership. I commend him uh, for him being, the, you know, the, the governors the governors of this great country and showing people how we get through this, but I'm not surprised because, again, we're New Yorkers. 
Um, but you got to remember, we're, we're what less than you know, we're like three hours or a little bit more to the border, uh, to the Canadian border. We're, we're three hours to New York City. We're two two hours and forty five minutes to Boston. We have the best universities in the state of New York, if not in this great country of ours. Kids from all over the world flying in um, and going to school here. So, of course, and we're the capital of New York, and we got people from all over the state coming here to conduct business. So we're not surprised our numbers are steadily going up and rapidly going up. Like I said, this is going to peak, and then we're going to go on. Then we're then then we're going to go the other opposite way. But we're going to have to get through this, and we don't take lightly closing businesses, shutting down you know government, uh, shutting down uh, all the services. We've done that. We've been operating that way and sending workers home that are non-essential. Um, but here's the thing. You're an essential worker, Bob, because at the end of the day, people want to hear from your show. They, you, you have an audience that you keep calm or you inform them what's going on. And now being home, people are going to want more information. So you would be an essential employee because of that reason right there. But we have workers. Hospitals don't shut. Jails don't shut. Cops don't go home. Firefighters don't go home. EMS doesn't go home. You, you know, uh, stores, grocery stores are going to remain open even with a complete shutdown. Grocery stores will remain open, so then workers are going to have to go to work so people can buy food, right? So mm-hmm. um, everyone just needs to remain calm. And we're taking our non-essential employees, and we're going to ro- rotate them with essential employees because this is the long haul. And they're going to get burnt out. They're going to need to relax. They want to go home and see their families. They want to uh, kind of take like a little debrief um, for a while. And we're going to have to send fresh troops in. And again, we, we uh, I have said this to everyone already. If you're not planning three le- levels in your business or your government, you're crazy. I took my deputy mm-hmm. uh, county executive, moved him, Dan Lynch, to one location. I took my counsel and me. I moved Chris Quinn to another location. I put part of my team at the EOC up in Clarksville, and I got an EOC going here in my floor. So if we get, you know, if we can't operate, they take over. There's the con- there's the continuity of, of service that you have to look mm-hmm. at, and that's and that's what we're doing. So uh, be prepared. The same thing with your radio station. What happens if people get sick? Technicians get sick. You still got to go on the air, right? Even with a yep, shutdown, yep. people want to hear from you. So that's what you know. And I go, my, you know, uh, we people are saying, well, your sewer district, non-essential employees can go home. And I go, how are you going to flush your toilet? Magic 590's talk of the town continues with Reverend Sarah Barron, pastor of First United Methodist Church on State Street, right in downtown Schenectady. Uh, pastor Barron, what? What has your church done in reaction to the uh, spread of coronavirus? We are encouraging everyone to engage in social distancing as much as possible. So for us, that meant starting last Sunday, the 15th, we moved our worship service online, and we actually haven't even had small groups since. We made sure we got a Zoom account, so we're offering people ways to connect And we're working on creating um, something we're calling bridging the distance groups, asking people to check in with each other. We're Mm -hmm. aware that social distancing works best if people still feel connected to each other. And we think part of the role of the church is keeping people connected. Now, Zoom, that's uh, like a social media kind of platform or something like that? Uh, Yeah, it's an online platform for video conference calls. And the thing that's really great about it is that if somebody doesn't have digital, um, if they don't have a 
video camera or something like that, you can also call in. So it works for both audio and video, which is much more accessible to people in a wide range of um, ages and capacities. And as you know, I know one of your parishioners, Marianne Marshall, and she posted your first online sermon, which was done on YouTube, as I understand it, which was a, a week ago, you know, a week ago this uh, past Sunday. Was yes. that new for you, or had you done other online sermons before? I have not done an online sermon before. We've recorded um, some parts of our worship and some of the sermons and posted them online previously, but those were, I preached to the church and we recorded it. And they weren't really all that popular, so we didn't keep going on that. Um, this was very different because it was me alone in a room in my house, um, and I didn't think it was quite perfect, but it was what I could offer given how much time we had to adapt. It may be just as bad this week, though. Um, I would love to find the way that I can really make eye contact with the camera, but I am a manuscript preacher, so I also need to be able to read things, and we still have to figure that out. Yeah, well, I thought I was impressed with your presence on uh, on camera, if you will. Are you Now, this program is airing Sunday. Are, are you doing another sermon Sunday? We are. So what we have decided to do is send out an email to all of our church members and attenders with a liturgy. So there's prayers and there's scriptures. Um, and then we have links to um, to the music that we would be doing if we were in person, um, prelude and postlude and anthems and hymns. And then I'm creating this link to the sermon. Many, many churches are sort of doing things that are entirely online, but our thinking was that Liturgy literally means work of the people, and so what we're offering people is the chance to participate in worship together from their own homes in safety. And so I'm going to keep um, posting sermons and um, sending out liturgies, and then we're also putting the liturgy on our website, which I suppose I should say is fumcschenectady.org. Okay, fumcschenectady.org. Uh, and in that first sermon that I saw, you did address the... Uh, I don't know if it's a fact or it's an opinion that Christianity depends on uh, getting together. I mean, it's really a hard thing to do. Yeah, it's super hard. I have never been so aware of how embodied Christian faith is and how it's embodied in our togetherness. But, um, of course, another point, all the churches are doing, and temples and mosques are, are doing something now, or, or not having worship service. I received a, a posting from the Roman Catholic Diocese of Albany. They've canceled masses, which, you know, in the Roman Catholic faith, that's a big thing. Yeah. And the, but it says the faithful are urged to take time to pray at home, and they seem to have a lot of emphasis on that. You have a whole bunch of stuff on your uh, website. What are you in, encouraging people to do in the meantime? Well, we're seeing worship as um, as a means of connecting with the divine and each other. So what? in addition to sending out the liturgy with prayers and links, the next thing that we have done is inviting people to connect online at 11. Our traditional worship service is at 10, and at 11 we usually have coffee hour and then things we call second hours, continued education opportunities. So we're continuing the second hour, um, and we're asking the most Methodist of all questions, how is it with your soul, of everyone who's able to join us? So 
we're doing that. And then we are slowly working out how to continue the activities we can continue online. I just made the decision with our Sunday night Bible study group that they do want to continue online. Our meetings are still happening, which um, sounds sort of funny, but it is important to have things to do and to be figuring things out together. Um, And then we're going to keep working things out as we go. We don't have all the answers yet. Mm. Now, you said the meetings are still happening. This will be a small group of people. Is that the idea why they can get together? Oh, no, they're happening online. Oh, online? Yep. Okay. All right. And is it all through this Zoom platform, or is it done in other ways? Or So far, we've just been using Zoom. We have had um, some tradition of of groups managing to meet via email, but the Zoom, particularly when you're able to see people, makes a big difference in in helping people feel connected. I've done a lot of even global organizing uh, in the United Methodist Church, and the thing I have discovered is the difference between being on the phone and being on video is that if you can make faces at people, you feel connected. <laughs> that, that, that makes it better. And also, this really is a, a crisis. I mean, bad things are happening in terms of people losing their jobs, or say they work in restaurants and so on and so forth. And Methodism has a lot to do with uh, helping others, I know. Uh, how, are you, how is that going to continue? For now, we have a Sunday morning breakfast that we, we normally try to welcome people in and treat them as our guests um, and give them a lot of choices and respect. And um, we aren't able to do that in the same way right now because we're told it isn't safe. So we are adapting to giving people food um, in brown paper bags as a takeout. I keep thinking that the food is not as big of a gift as food and space, but the food is what we're able to give. And we have our intersectional justice committee meeting this Sunday, where I hope our leaders are going to give us some guidance on how we should be advocating during this time, because all the people who were vulnerable a month or two ago are still vulnerable, and now we have people who are vulnerable either because of age or immunocompromised, and people who are vulnerable because of lack of work. And this was a really good time to spend our energy trying to create the world into one that is more just and fair for all people. Mm. And, and we don't really know how long this is going to go on. I am terrified by how long this could go on. Um, yeah. Another point, and uh, what do you do about weddings and funerals? I have a funeral that is scheduled uh, for this week. I talked to the funeral director yesterday, and he said that really people are already making good decisions about this. Um, Very small numbers of people are showing up, close family only, and and that's making it possible to do things as safely as possible. other, I, I have also had some funerals that because because people were cremated and there's some flexibility about it, people have just postponed. Um, I have no wedding scheduled at this point, so I haven't had to figure that out. Today is my wedding anniversary, though, so I'm thinking about really? that a little bit. Yeah, okay. I got married three years ago and, and keep thinking about what would we be doing if it was today. And um, the joy of a wedding is being surrounded by the people you love, so... People are facing really difficult decisions. Yes, you know, comparing this to what happened on, in 2001, my daughter got married in 2001, like maybe two weeks after 9 11. And that was still possible. I mean, be, you know, yeah. it was diff- but you know, maybe it wouldn't have been possible this time. 
Yeah, I I think it is probably unsafe to do a traditional wedding right now, and that's really heartbreaking and difficult for people. Carry on, Pastor Barron. <laughs> Sounds like you're doing a fine job there. Thank you very much. Great to talk to you, Bob. You bet. Our guest on Magic 590's Talk of the Town has been Reverend Sarah Barron, pastor of First United Methodist Church in downtown Schenectady. Talk of the Town is heard on Magic 590, also 100.5, and in the North Country on 1410 and 96.9. This program will be podcast on albanymagic.com and on bobcudmore.com. I'm Bob Cudmore.